he said they put a sticker on him because he they detected <laughs> fever, but they let him in the building. And I was like, hmm, okay. Major setbacks across America in slowing the spread of the coronavirus. If you take somebody like me, I've got no hair, right? And so if I'm standing out in the sun. Have you seen a reduction in how they recruit? And now, the safety zone. Mike, we are going to talk today about, unfortunately, seeing some resurgence of the COVID pandemic starting to arise. Most states had either opened completely or were still in phases or are in phases, I should say, of reopening. My area of, of the country, it's still not completely reopened. There's a lot of restrictions still on businesses. It's more open than before, but there's just so many different parameters throughout each state. And we want to readdress that with businesses because, of course, it's a hardship on them economically, but it's also a real navigating force, especially with the schools and with the bigger conglomerates of how to do business. Some of them are having to recruit specific people or more people. They're having to possibly scanning on temperatures. Not all businesses are, but some. And it's different, Mike, in every state. If you have a business that's national or a chain or however it may be, it's it's different in every state. So we want to address that again today because as we're in summer, we don't know what fall is going to look like. And how do businesses handle the recruitment aspect and just dealing with all of this again? Yeah, that is absolutely the million dollar question right now. I think for most businesses is, I think maybe a lot of us, thought going into the summer that this COVID would act like the flu, right? Like it disappears. I know that H1N1 about 10 years ago, you know, it had a spike and then it was gone for the summer and then it came back. And it seems like a lot of on the education side, we're kind of planning for that. Like it's going to die down with warm weather. But what we saw was not only did it maintain, but it seems like it's increased. But I caution using the word increase too. Like I'm not a scientist and I don't want to get into the science of this, but I also know I read this week, we've done 50 million tests in the United States. India is the country that's done second, which was 12 million. So we're four times any other country in, in the world. So it's hard to know whether or not we really have had major spikes or if we're just dealing with something that we didn't know several months ago because we weren't testing. Right, right. Irregardless. We've got to get things back to normal, right? As much as we can. And and how do we do that? We spent probably six or eight weeks looking at this thermal body temperature fever detection. And honestly, it was one of the largest attended webinars we had ever hosted. Mm. We had hundreds and hundreds of organizations join the webinar. And I was like, man, there is an appetite for this. But I'll be honest with you, we don't move fast on selling something just to sell something. And so we slowed down. Mm -hmm. One of our partners is an expert in hardware access control. They work with some huge professional sports and organizations, and they've set up a couple devices and we've started testing them. And I'm not sold on the science of them yet. And our team has spent the last couple of weeks probably talking organizations out of them right now. And it's like, these are very expensive devices. 
talking 5,500, uh, some of them on the market can be up to 15 or $20,000. And my one mm. concern is if you're using that and you got a four or five month shelf life because of vaccine. And I saw last night right. some other drugs that are showing extraordinary promise. One of them. Mm -hmm. uh, Pfizer. Yeah. Well, actually a cholesterol drug last night I was listening to that people that are taking this cholesterol drug, it practically kills it to the point. It's more like just a small cold. And wow. My concern with these expensive solutions is that's a lot of money to invest when Outside of a few businesses, right? Unless you you're Clorox or Amazon or somebody that has exploded during COVID, the vast majority of us have taken a hit financially during this crisis. Right. And so, I want people to be fiscally responsible in how they spend their money and not spend it on fear. We don't peddle fear. So, I'm not sure the fever detection's there. It depends on your population. We've had schools that say, "Hey, we want to do it with students." We've got manufacturing organizations that are doing it with their employees as they come in. Well, what we're finding is fever is only one aspect and you got a lot of asymptomatic people. And so where we have gone right now, we're going to keep testing this just in the event that this thing goes on for a long period of time, longer than we anticipate or being told. We're going to keep testing it, but I'm not sold on the science right now. It's not that accurate. So what we have been focused heavily on is helping to ask some questions. Yes, that's self-disclosure. I get it. But like in a kiosk with our visitor management system, we can set that up. And so as you allow visitors or employees, we have a lot of organizations that actually have their employees swipe in at the visitor management system because we can mm -hmm. connect it back to the access control system. So they're all together. But as you step up to that kiosk, you're going to have to answer a couple questions, a few questions. And those are questions that any organization can create. You know, have you had fever over 100.5? Have you been to, well, there's a lot of hot spots now, so I don't know how you define, but whatever you want to ask. But if the question is answered yes to any of those, it locks it and provides a message and doesn't allow them to enter the facility. So we've got large businesses that have a lot of transportation trucks coming in and out. They may have small yes. areas yes. where these guys can come in and set while their trucks being unloaded. So their fear is they bring things in. And so using that on your vendors or contractors, you may not allow typical visitors into your facility for a while. However, you may have to let contractors in because they're part of your business. Mm -hmm. And so how are you managing that? And so we focused really heavily on the questions. Pre-COVID, everything we were doing with our visitor management was to move the interaction further away from the front office team. So I know who you are before I buzz you into the building. And that was really, we were talking armed intruder and active shooter, right? I right. want to keep you away. Right. Today, I don't think anybody at the front office wants you breathing on them. I know we're putting plexiglass mm -hmm. up and but if I can interact with you in a vestibule or outside using a kiosk and have mm -hmm. you answer some questions and hope that you're answering these questions honestly, 
then it's just a, another layer. And I think the majority, I would say nearly 100% of the organizations that were looking at thermal have all moved to the self-reporting questions. They may come back to thermal. I've actually pointed them toward handheld thermal. I said it's as accurate mm-hmm. as the $5,700 machines right now. Yes, you have to stand there. Yes, you have to be in close contact. But the thermals and a little bit. And I see bit. that. I was a little shocked, but even at a restaurant in town where they're doing part partial where they can only do so many people inside there was a long line of people and of course it looks longer because you have to be six feet apart yep they were doing or they were scanning them to come into the restaurant in and come into the restaurant and i was shocked to see that at a store i mean i've seen the lines waiting outside because they're only allowing so many people inside so you actually have an employee mm-hmm. outside counting and letting you know when you can go in but i was surprised to see the fever scan they put up to your forehead going into one of the stores too. It's tricky for me because those are skin scans, right? They're not, it's not like your mom used to shove that thermometer under your tongue and (laughs) close your mouth and leave it there for a minute. And some people have no idea what he's talking about. I went to a 4-H event over the weekend. I have kids that were in 4-H and as I pulled in the vehicle, they'd come up and shoot my forehead. And I actually asked the, the health department lady, I was like, how accurate do you think this is? And she shook her head. She goes, not very. So it's a protocol. So Mm -hmm. the accuracy, uh, if you take somebody like me, I've got no hair, right? And so if I'm standing out (laughs) in the sun and you're taking my temperature, your head's hot, walk in, my head's hot. And and our partner, that's what he found. Even on these $6,000 devices, he was putting like a wash rag in a microwave, heating it up, putting it on his forehead, and then stepping up to the device, and it was escalating the temperature. Now, if he yeah. waited a minute, yeah. it would it, it recovered really quickly. So depending on how quickly you're walking into a facility with these fever detection skin tests, Mm-hmm. You know, you got all, one of our, actually, one of our team members told me yesterday, they were on site at a huge school district in Florida. They're doing some installs, no students. He walked in having been out in 98 degree weather. He said they put a sticker on him because he, they detected <laughs> fever, but they let him in the building. And I was like, hmm, okay. Oh, what's that's the point? So f- I was just thinking that because I thought for myself, we're experiencing the humidity and 90s and the 90s all week. And I'll feel flushed, you know, and just just for the heck of it. I mean, I took my temperature the old fashioned way under the tongue, of course. It was warmer. I mean, it wasn't like a large fever, but my temperature can scan. I mean, it can go back and forth, even in the normal range into the 99 area. But if you're out hot, in a humid, hot, humid weather, that's going to affect your temperature too. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. And what I noticed is in a lot of the testing we've done, either I've watched testing through partnerships on Zoom, or we did some live testing with our partner, almost every time it came back and they considered it normal, it was like 97.2, 97.4. I've always been in the belief that it's 98.6, right? And yeah, so I was yeah. like, if that's one degree variance and we're trying to flag somebody at 100.5, with that, if normal, then really... would have been what we're looking for. I would say as as businesses, find something inexpensive. If that's where you're going with fever right now, I would not buy these expensive devices because they're yet to be proven. Right. To really work. On another front with the businesses, 
have you seen on the recruitment side? Now, some businesses are, I'm seeing it everywhere, they're hiring. And I think it's because they have to have the cleaning and with just all the different parameters now, they're actually needing people rather quickly. Have you seen a reduction in how they recruit? Has COVID changed people? Are they just trying to get someone in? Is the process a little more, I don't want to say easier, but in the sense of safe? you know, in terms of the recruiting? Is it a little free pass here and there because we need to get these people on board? Or It feels like what we had pre-COVID where you had low unemployment. So what happens mm-hmm. in very low unemployment? You're just trying to find bodies, right? And so in, in a lot of service type industries, they were struggling to find talent because there just wasn't much. Well, I think it feels the same way. Here's an example. My wife and I went into a little dive where we love to eat lunch. (laughs) And I was talking to the owner and he said, yeah, he said, our business has exploded through all of this. He said, it's been fantastic in terms of business, but he said, I'm getting ready to shut down earlier in the day. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. You're telling me your business is exploding. He said, I can't find help. He said, it is more advantageous for the people within the range of where we would hire them to be at home receiving unemployment than it is to be working. And he said, it is, he said, it is impossible. And I'm seeing signs all over our town now in those service industries, restaurants. Yes. Service. They are struggling. Yeah. The service. Yep. Yes. Fast Mm -hmm. food. They're struggling to find help now. It almost feels like we're in that. We don't have low unemployment right now. But it feels like that environment. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen is you're going to find only those that are willing to work and the pool of people that you can recruit from may be very small right now, which means they may cut a few corners. Is it the difference between keeping my business open for dinner or closing my restaurant for dinner? I'm going to take somebody that can bust tables or maybe I wouldn't have hired this person in the past because I kind of know what they've got in their past, but I got to have somebody cleaning these tables or I'm shutting my doors. Mm. You brought up a really good point too about people, not that they don't want to work, but for a service job, just staying home, taking unemployment, but is there a certain element of fear that people don't want to be in a position, you know, versus an office or, or something where you you're a little you're more insulated where, you know, in service industries, you're with people all the time. You're handling things all the time. Is that driving it as well? People oh, yeah. That- Please don't take that as a political statement I make because you're exactly right. In these service industries where you're walking up to tables, people are breathing on you. Now, our state mm-hmm. starting Monday is going to mandated mask. So that helps. But it doesn't matter in a restaurant. You're not putting your mask up to eat, right? You're taking it off. So I think there's two types of fear that may be driving folks that work in the service industry. One fear may be that, right? Just a fear of Mm -hmm. COVID period. And I'm much more exposed in a service industry. I've got a Mm -hmm. friend that works on like the 40th or 50th floor of a building downtown Indianapolis. And I was talking to Rick the other day and he's like, I have no fear of going back to work. He said, the only issue is riding the elevator. Like he said, my option is I can hump mm-hmm. the stairs for 50 floors, but he for said, probably not what, yeah, <laughs> not what I'm going to do. But he says, just getting to the office, once there, we're cubed up, we're separated, all's good. But getting there, I think the other fear that was probably presenting right now, and the media does nothing to help with this, 
is a fear of, okay, I go back to work, I give up the unemployment, and two weeks from now, because things are changing every single day, we're here, we're back, we're there, we're back. What happens if they come in and shut us down? I saw, I think my state, was it my state? One state, I can't remember. It might have been Florida, because I look at Indiana and Florida quite a bit, because we have some team going back down. One of them shut their bars down again. So I'm a bartender working in a bar. I give up unemployment. I go back to work. Boom. Now they're shutting me down again. Yep. There's no stability in going back to work in some of these positions right now, which is killing Exactly. Me. What do you see for things as it is now where, you, where some states, like you said, where there's hot spots, I think kind of almost everywhere in different areas. But what do you see for businesses as being on the security side as being an issue in terms of whether it's the recruiting or what they would normally do. Are you seeing any change in their safety protocols? Having a lot of conversations about how do you handle this virtually? Maybe they are still hiring. And we've had this conversation with a lot of large public schools where we've been working with them more on the security side, visitor management access and assessments. Now we're having conversation with these large school districts say, we have a huge bottleneck. We have one large school in Florida. They got 600 new hires they need to try to get through. They're going to need them irregardless if it's hybrid, virtual, or on-site. Matter of fact, if you do some form of hybrid where you have some at home, some mm -hmm. at school, you're going to need more employees than they needed before. And so trying mm -hmm. to manage that, because some of these HR teams are still virtual. They're not back in the office. Yes. Do I want right. to have to come in and have 600 people walking through the office to do Form I-9, E-Verify, reference checks, filling out forms. We have been virtual. We didn't call it virtual, but we have been electronic or virtual for 10 years. So almost mm -hmm. all the solutions we offer from background checks to e-verify, remote ID validation, automated reference checks, everything that we do can be done virtually. So we've been having a lot of conversations with businesses. And what I've been telling all organizations, businesses, church, schools, everybody we work with, this is a perfect time to also assess what you've been doing. Catch mm, your yes. breath and really assess what you're doing. Everybody's looking to save a little money. And there are lots of ways of doing it. One of the things we rolled out this week was the ability for organizations to kind of do stair-step background checks. And what I mean by that, we've done this for years with transportation. So if you drive, a lot of times organizations would say, we don't want to pay for a complete, full, complex background check. And we get the driving record back and go, wow, they've had 73 speeding tickets in the last 10 years. That alone would have stopped us. So what we did is we created a model where they start with a driving record. So now you invest about 20% of what you would in a normal background check. If that's the game stopper, I just saved you 80% and you move on to the next candidate. We've got the ability mm. now to do that with the criminal background check. We've got some pre-search queries that we can run, especially in these high turnover industries, staffing and but it really can be any industry where we can run this. And if there's flags in the initial run and we verify and look for the adjudications, we may save you 80% on a background check. So we, we really are listening to our clients and saying we're creating ways of doing this that are fast, complex, 
but they also are going to save you money. You're not going to pay for everything when you may have found Mm -hmm. the issue that prevents them from being hired in the first phase of the background check. So we're treating it more like a multi-phase solution. It's a fascinating subject. 2020 has just been an interesting year, hasn't it? I've talked to a few people. It's just like, boy, if I'd known this when I was celebrating <laughs> from 2019, you know, I, I think that the challenge for all of us is that we really don't know what, even with fall with the schools in our own school district, we got the email of plan A, plan B, plan C. And right now they're slated to go back. They've pushed it back to September 10th, which to me is kind of nice because in the old days, you always went back to school after Labor Day. Yep. You know, They've always moved it up to August to go back. But that being said, they've given a real clear sign. We're probably not going to know till last minute what's happening. And I think that's where everybody is, whether it's business, churches, for me personally, our church still, we're not meeting in person in the building. We're doing some creative things. We still have streaming, but we're doing creative things outside. We had the drive-in kind of church aspect. But so everybody's still in a state of flux and every state has a little bit different parameters. And then now that we see some of the hot spots, I think everyone's a little bit up in the air on what's going to happen in the fall. But really, you have a place in both the upheaval of not knowing and also just in getting back to normal, especially with the schools. And, you know, safety never goes away, no matter what the situation may be. And we've talked before about the virtual, even safety with that, especially in the schools. And so we'll probably touch upon that again, because that's a whole nother issue. But we're going to be hanging on and watching and seeing what happens, right? Coming up in the next couple of months. Well, we have, I mean, it's an everyday, I don't envy our leaders. You know, I've told several school superintendents, Mm -hmm. I absolutely do not envy what you're going through. They're drinking from a fire hose and they drink from a fire hose every summer, implementing new programs, new solutions, new software. Now, you know, I was talking to chief technology officer, one of our largest schools, they have 253 school buildings. They are enormous, seventh largest in the United States. And he said, hey, if I have to go virtual and that could happen overnight, he said, what I have to do from a technology standpoint You can't even imagine what that takes to take a district this size and go long-term virtual, right? Like there was a grace for two months with March and April of this year, forced into a situation where it was out of everybody's control. Now, if you're talking about, we may go three, four months of virtual, that is very different. We cannot let our children fall that far behind. My kids are slated to go back on August 5th. Everything seems to be 100% going back on full mask, everybody, that's going to be challenging. My daughter's already saying my youngest, she's, she said, I, I can't do that all day. And the honest answer is yes. she talks so much, but <laughs> part of, we're going to have to evaluate this as it goes on. And well, can it work this yes. way? Well, even if we go back full, which they're still planning, my daughter's in high school and the thought of wearing a mask all day just makes her shriek. But also there's a social aspect to this as well, because what they are saying is if they're in school full time, besides wearing the mask full time, they're trying to keep kids in their same cohorting in one group. So normally in high school, especially you're back and forth, different classes and social's big in junior high and high school, their friends, and they're talking about shutting that all down. And just whatever class groupings that you're in, you stay with those people all day. Yeah, And that's a whole nother element, the busing 
is a whole nother element. Oh, it, yeah. It's so it, it's a real, you work so much with the schools. So I know it's going to be something that we're going to keep addressing because there's just so many different unknowns and different plans that have to take place. I heard something this week. They were talking about uh, clearly not in the United States because we didn't have a huge SARS outbreak here, but they were talking about in countries where kids were removed from school for long periods of time because of SARS and now the psychological impact that they're still presenting today. And so when people are saying, why are we rushing back? Well, we're rushing back because you got to look at both sides of the science here. There's some long-term yes. impact on the social isolation. The other thing I would mention here, just more from a business perspective, and this is me personally as well, the speed by which this came. And I'm telling you, I have, have put my business in a great financial position long time ago. No debt. I don't owe anybody anything. This thing hit like a rocket. And so I can appreciate anybody whose business wasn't quite on the solid ground as I had my business and how quickly that hit. Well, I can tell you mm -hmm. right now, there's programs that we were doing pre-COVID. I'm not bringing them back for a while. Even though we have recovered and things are moving well, I saw how quickly they could go like that. So, you know, well, exactly. From a, yes. And I think most business and business owners and leaders are probably in the same boat. They're just going to tighten things up for a while. It's almost like a recession. Mm -hmm. And until I see this thing gone, and then some of our science leaders stepping up to the mic and saying, this may never be gone. Well, don't make those kind of statements of things you really don't know yet. I'm a big fan right. of, I'm a former detective, right? I speak in right. facts. I don't Just speak in facts. opinions. <laughs> Just the facts, exactly. man. Don't yep. speak fear into the world or the business community because they're just going to tighten things up and it's going to really hurt the economy. But we're all going to be cautious for a little bit because this thing just moves fast from up and down. Yeah. And we got to be prepared day to day for what may be around the next corner. Absolutely. We'll definitely be re revisiting this subject matter as, as we keep inching our way, as something changes, especially as fall comes and just take a look at everything. And of course, we wish everybody well and to be safe, to not be stifled with fear. Take the precautions. I don't like the mask either, but I wear it. You do what you're being told to do and just push through. Mike, thank you again for another informing episode and we'll be back with another soon. Great. Thank you, Melinda. This podcast was sponsored by Safe Hiring Solutions. See us at safehiringsolutions.com.